0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the first episode of the Coaches Classroom Podcast. Today, I've got a coach who's going to talk about developing players through metrics, analytics, all that stuff and more. But enough for me. Let's get to know Coach Matt. Matt, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you've been up to lately.
1: Yeah, Joel. Thanks again for having me on. Uh, like you said, my name is Matt Meyer. I uh, pitched at Linwood University. I uh, got drafted as a senior by the Colorado Rockies. Pitched two, pitched two years within the Rockies the, the Colorado Rockies organization as soon as I got done with that um, I actually jumped right into uh, right into corporate so I needed a little bit of a, needed a little bit of a break from baseball. Um, I was a recruiter headhunter I basically helped people find jobs. Uh, I was good at it I enjoyed it but again it wasn't it wasn't something that I wanted to do for, uh, for the rest of my life so uh, got right back into coaching. I was the, uh, general manager for a, uh, for a travel organization here in Missouri. I also ma- helped manage the, uh, the facility as well. And, uh, as soon as the opportunity, uh, for me to get back into the college game as, uh, obviously not as a player, but as a coach, I, uh, I took it. So I took the, uh, division two recruiting coordinator slash pitching coach job, pitching coach job with, uh, with Lindenwood university and, uh, was with those guys for, uh, for three years. And during this time, I, uh, I was starting off my uh, my own thing. I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, and uh, started a company called uh, called Between the Lines, which is now branched into a couple different things, such as recruiting, instruction, uh, showcase tournaments. And uh, last year, I started my own uh, my own baseball club as well, Premier Baseball Premier Baseball Academy. So we're we're up to seven teams this year. All of our 2020s and all of our 2021s are are going on to play college baseball at the next level. So. Um, like you said, we do things a little bit differently within our organization from a, from an analytical standpoint. And again, it starts, uh, it starts with our youngest team. So it starts with our twelves. Um, and the reason why we do this is, is for accountability purposes. We want to make sure that, that not only the, uh, you know, the athletes, but the parents, the coaches, um, you know, whether it's me holding my coaches accountable, whether it's, it's, uh, you know, parents holding players accountable or us holding players accountable. We want to know that. That our uh, that our boys are getting better. So and the way that we do that again is through uh, is through metrics. So the first thing I want to talk about, Joel, is 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 the difference between being good for your age and being a good baseball player. Okay. So the metrics for your age again. Uh, if 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 sixty five, let's say, is good for an eleven year old kid. You know, again, while that might be good for their particular age, it, it, if they went up and played with a bunch of 17, 18 year eighteen-year-old kids, obviously a sixty-five mile-an-hour fastball probably isn't going to do them. Isn't going to do them very. It's it, it's not going to help them. Okay, they're not going to do very well. So my standard um, that we set within our boys, and I guess it, it it starts with our twelve U boys, is uh is the standard of what a good baseball athlete is okay so with our 12s our 14s our 16 17s, 18s again doesn't matter they know the metrics that we're uh, that we're shooting for okay and uh, you know for an example we have our we have our 60 time which which we you know the the, the goal that we're trying to shoot for there is between a 66 to a 69 uh, with exit velocity we're trying to shoot anywhere between 95 to 100 uh, position velocity we're trying to shoot, and again, that's infield or outfield. We're shooting anywhere between 85 to 95 miles an hour. Catching velocity anywhere between 80 to 85. Uh pop time 19 to a 195. And then obviously pitching velocity um is, uh, is is ninety to ninety-five miles an hour. So I know again, I don't expect any of our twelves or fourteens or to be in a lot of these different categories, but again, that's what we train for. That's the standard. Okay. It's, it's good for them to do this because how many athletes are good at their age to where they, you know, as they get older, they begin to kind of funnel in with the rest of the group. Okay. So if that 14 year old kid who might be the best kid at his age at that particular time, um, if he's setting the standard, if he is the standard, who's pushing that kid to get better. Okay. So I want to be able to, to say that hey if our if if our 14-year-old kid is 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 hitting these metrics um and we have a kid that 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 is pretty special within our organization that uh you know that's beginning to creep up on a couple of these numbers you know that's a that's a good baseball athlete and that's a kid that we want to continue to push um so that way he never gets he never gets into that that mentality of he's the standard um we want to continue to push that on him. So, because again, that's that's what makes you recruitable. That's what makes you have the ability to compete at that uh that that particular age group, which is something that we'll get down here in a second. So, um for me, as far as a training formula that we use within our organization, um there is a there is a I guess a metric calculator if you will. It's a spreadsheet that I made to where um we meet with all of our boys And we plug in the numbers of of where they're at. So we measure all of those metrics that I mentioned before. And as soon as we have their scores, we plug it into this formula to essentially tell us how far it is that they need to go. So by the time they're a graduating senior, they're they're in between all of those metrics. okay? and if a kid ends up falling short, so we always shoot for the highest number, okay? Or I guess if, if it's a time that we're trying to subtract, we always shoot for the lowest number in that sense. So if a kid's trying to run, uh, if, if we know that a Division One athlete runs anywhere between a 6'6 to a 6'9, I'm going to shoot for, I'm, I want my athletes to shoot to run a 6'6 because even if we fall a little bit short, okay, well, guess what? You still run a 6'7 or you run a 6'8 or you run a 6'9 or you might even run a 7, no, okay? Um, these metrics that I mentioned are for some of the most athletic guys on the field. So your shortstops and your, in your, uh, your center fielders. Do I expect all my catchers to run anywhere between a six, six to a six, nine? No, not necessarily. Or my corner guys to run between a six, six to a six, nine. No, I don't, but we're still going to train for that number. I want us to train athletes. So with that formula that we have, we plug everything in and it gives us a number that we need to meet every single year to put us on our goal for that, for for those, for those metric numbers. And the way that we, that we, uh, everything that we do within our program is individualized testing as well. So a kid might do something different than another kid based on the numbers that we're getting from his metrics. So if a kid maybe needs to get a little bit faster, okay, well, now that kid knows that information, we're going to be able to manipulate his training or program him differently to help improve on those weaknesses that he currently has. So moving on to this, if, let's let's just say for an example, I have a I have a I have an 11 year old kid, or or I guess in our sense, I have a 12 year old kid, and I will run our kids through through these type of metrics. Now I understand that there's certain things that we can't control. Um, obviously, the physical aspect, their 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 physical maturity, we can't control that. Okay, and I understand it but there's still certain areas that we can focus on. And I can get that athlete to, if the athlete knows how far it is that they need to go and whether it's a mechanical adjustment or whether it's a physical adjustment that we make, adding the weight room or maybe them with an instructor, I want to be able to show the work that they're putting in, they're getting something tangible out of it. Okay, so for an example, our 12 year old kid here, we know that we want to hit the ball 100 miles an hour. Okay, so let's say the kid right now is at 65 miles an hour exit velocity. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take 100 miles an hour I'm going to subtract it by 65. Okay. And that's going to give me 35 miles an hour. Okay. Well, if it's a 12-year-old kid, I know that he has six years left of development. So I'm going to take 35 and I'm going to divide it by six. The example that I had here, Joel, I apologize. My math isn't going to be completely right. But to give you guys an idea, I did an 11-year-old kid. He's got seven years left of development, 65 mile an hour exit velocity, 35 divided by seven. That kid would essentially need, an 11-year-old kid would need to gain five miles of, of, of exit velocity per year for him to be at 100 miles an hour by the time he's a graduating senior. Okay. And same thing from a 60 time. All right. You take, uh, you take whatever it is that he runs. So let's say that he runs, uh, you know, uh, an, uh, an eight, six for an example. Okay. Well, you're going to subtract that from six, six, that's going to give you two seconds that you need to shave off within seven years. Um, so that gives you 0.29. Okay. Or 29 hundredths of a second that he needs to shave off his 60 time per year. If he wants to be a division one runner. OK, so um, like I mentioned before, I, I understand that they're young kids, you know, but but for me, it's 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 you're creating competition with our boys that are not going in to hit off a tee. They hated hitting off a tee at first. Right. Um, but I think once you develop a game plan, a routine for those boys to to uh, to go in and, and let them know that, hey, this this stuff is important. OK, not only is it important, but if you can find a game for those kids to, to maybe it's a Maybe it's competition, right? So if the kid hits 65 miles an hour off the tee and that's being recorded, well, now he's competing with himself to try and get that number better every time. So now there's intent even in something such as as tee work. We have an 11-year-old kid that's hitting off a tee with intent. I don't know how many 11- or 12-year-old kids can say that they hit off a tee with intent. They want to jump right into overhand toss. They want to jump right into underhand toss, or they want to turn on the pitching machine. However for me it's it's there's there's a training aspect that comes along with that and I think that I think that again whether you're an 11 or 12 year old kid or even younger than that I, I, I think it's important for you to track that that's that's how you set goals um, there's a reason why we do it at a young age even from uh, from in, in our education system look at it from that aspect is our college coaches or colleges looking to recruit? You know, fourth or fifth graders in, in elementary school no well then why do we track their grades because I think if you track that again you have a pretty good you have a pretty good I- idea of what type of student we have on our hands and, and and again you can you can build in other programs for that particular kid if he's lacking in certain areas maybe he's not good at math okay well if I know that he's not good at math because I'm measuring his scores I can now put him in a in a tutoring class that's going to help bring those scores up same thing here with development. If I know that the 60 time isn't good, I'm gonna put him in a speed and agility class to help him improve on those numbers. Um, the next thing Joel is, 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 you know, speaking to why this stuff is improvement or, or, or why this stuff helps an athlete improve on the field from a training aspect. Um, again, if you know what your numbers are, you know how far it is that you, that, that essentially that you need to go, right? There is that standard. The standard isn't what's good for our age. The standard is as, as a, as a good baseball player. And again, this is kind of me recapping this whole conversation. The second one is accountability. Um, you know, Joel, you and I spoke to this, um, I think a couple days back, it's, you have 10 years time from the time you're eight years old, all the way up until you're 18 to essentially get your development. Now I know some kids start at 6U, some kids start at 7U, even 8U is a stretch, but for 9U, for, for an example, that's when, that's when that's when pitching starts for kids, right? So let's just say it's 9U to uh, to 18U, right? And, and for some kids, a lot shorter than that. Sometimes you want to be recruited by the time you're a 17 year old kid. If, if you're a senior in college, not trying to freak anyone out or make anyone panic, but if you're not recruited, but let's say uh let let's say your summer season of uh of, of your of your senior season, um you're in trouble. You know, that's a red flag. I, I shouldn't say you're in trouble, but it's definitely a red flag for a lot of schools. So let's go ahead and subtract another day or another another year from that. So you got nine U all the way to 17U. Okay. So that's eight years of development. Within that eight years, you know how hard it is to to uh, you know, to to perfect your swing or to perf- you know perfect your mechanics. There's guys in professional baseball that are still trying to figure it out. So those eight years of time, I want to make sure I'm spending that time with an organization that's not only going to hold me accountable, but is going to get me better. Okay, and if I'm spending if I'm spending my first three years with an organization, maybe I'm trying to save on cost. For an example, I never let cost. I don't have kids yet, but I would never let cost dictate what organization I I, I I go to because there's a short period of time and there's another PowerPoint or presentation that I made Joel that essentially shows us that that we as parents or that parents would actually save money if they invested into a good organization um it would pay them back in 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 essentially in scholarship in scholarship and academic uh, athletic scholarship and uh, uh, academic scholarship Okay. So I'm a big proponent on, on, if I know that information, if I know that as an 8U kid, maybe I got tested. Now, like I said before, there's other physical things that are going to take part in that. But again, if, 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 if I know that I'm getting better within this organization, I'm learning the game, um, you know, they're utilizing certain metrics They're you know, th- to, to essentially prove that my kid is getting better. I know that I'm in the right spot, right? But if three years go by and maybe I, I have an exit velocity of 65, well, year three, I still have an exit velocity of 65. I just wasted three years of, not only my time, which I'll never get back again, I'm already limited on that, uh, but money as well. Right? So even though that $1,800 or, or, or whatever it is, the value of that program or the cost of that program, even though they had the, uh, you know, the perception of, Hey, we're not a money grab. Well, essentially they are right. Cause I'm paying this type of money for my kid to get better. What am I getting out of it? So I think the metrics have a uh, offer a source of accountability from, from all angles. Right? Whether it's the coach to the athlete, the parent to the athlete, the parent to the coach, there's there's accountability being held. Second or the third thing I want to talk about, Joel, is is you can control your metrics. Okay. I think there's 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 obviously uh what people call God given talent, right? Or kids are just naturally athletic. But at the end of the day, it's like for stats, stats for an example. I don't necessarily have a control over my stats. Okay. And the, and the reason being is a pitcher throws a fastball right down the middle. And I hit it to you know, and, and and I hit it to the left fielder at 108 miles an hour. Okay, well that kid catches it. That's still that still shows up in the scorebook as an out. Okay, I can't necessarily control the result of that, but what I can control is, hey, my 60 time. Right, I know that if if uh, you know if I if I put in this work here, if I lose weight, if I take better care of my body, if I if I get in the weight room, I can improve on these certain numbers here. Therefore, I have control of of. Essentially, the product that I'm trying to go out and put out on the field, okay, and it leads you into your last point of of being recruitable. These metrics are what, whether it's whether it's your youth team. Think about showcase formats. Think about tryout formats. What's the one thing that they do? A lot of them don't put you in game situations. They're starting to, um, more so at the college level than anything. But think about high school tryouts. Think about think about youth tryouts. The majority of the majority of the time, and what they're doing is they're just getting metrics on you. Okay? If they have a good athlete, if they have a kid that runs a runs a 66, throws 95 and and uh, you know or has an exit velocity of 95 miles an hour, I'm taking that kid in my organization. I want that kid because that's a good athlete essentially too that could be dangerous. He could be he could be a threat on the field. and I know that because simply just because of the athleticism that are shown within his within his metrics. So um, the last point Joel that I had here was again you talk about money and you talk about time. Um, I, I can't emphasize that enough, and, and hopefully I really brought that point home um, with a lot of the people that are that are listening, whether it is parents or whether it is players. Um, you you got to find a good organization, and again, cost cost should not matter. Uh, a high school coach, for an example, Joel, like such as yourself. You know, you're a good coach. You're well knowledgeable. You're always looking for good knowledge. And and you do this out of the I'll say this out of the kindness of your heart, essentially. Right. But you're a good coach. And even though you're not getting whether you are being compensated or whether you're not, um, you're a good mind that I would feel comfortable putting putting baseball athletes in front of right and i think that they're going to get good value out of what it is that you you know that you have to offer and again whether you charge three thousand dollars or whether you charge eighteen hundred dollars to me it doesn't matter because i know that you're a good baseball mind so again when when parents are, are researching and they're looking for uh what it is that they should choose within a travel organization um i think this is one of the most important aspects and i highly encourage them joel i don't want to market my stuff on your channel but you know, I encourage people to go on our go on our Facebook page and 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 watch some of this stuff because again, it 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 does it, it for us. It has helped us as not only as an organization, but but for me as a coach. Right, I'm gonna go with what works. The numbers don't lie. I know that if a kid is getting better, who can argue that? Who can argue that? There's a thousand different ways to train. Uh, there's a thousand different pieces of technology out there. You got to find out what works best. You know what works best for you. But the one thing that I'll that that I'll say is with when, when you can measure it you can know where you're at and you can know how far you need to go so um with that being said joel if there's any questions maybe that you want to that you want to hit on in regards to what it is that i spoke about like i said i got i got a couple more things in, in regards to powerpoints and presentations and stuff like that, that i think would be great for your for your followers your viewers to hear um because again it's it's this stuff is important and the more time and 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 research that they can do, the better off their athlete is going to be.
0: Yeah, great stuff, Matt. But you know, one of my questions would be the the way you're doing it is a new school approach. You know, if you ever get on baseball Twitter, it's new school versus old school. So you kind of have a more new school approach to doing this. So where did that idea come from? And then what was it like implementing it into your program where it's probably the first time a lot of those parents and athletes themselves saw it as well?
1: Yeah, I, I, I guess I don't really like the, the the term of old school versus new school. And the reason being is it, it kind of seems like we're out to, to, to we're, we're essentially against each other, right? And that's not what this is at all. We're not, for me, it's like the technology, the data, the analytics, it's, it simply validates the coaching and the instruction that we have within our organization. Right. So it's not, it's not, you know, the guy that's been doing this for 30 years, I'm not going to come at him and say that he's wrong. Right. That's not necessarily our place to, to, to do that. But I would like, you know, for, for, for someone to question that instructor, I think that's a, especially in with the industry that we're in, like you said, Joel, there's so many, there's so many controversial topics in regards to hitting and pitching you know what do I believe? Do I believe this guy over here? Or do I believe that guy over there? Well, you throw in something like data or AKA the new school approach. Um, you know, it's 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 the numbers are there. They're tangible. It's it's that's not something that you can necessarily take away from me. It's it's all it is 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 validating that that If 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 I have data, just because I have data doesn't necessarily mean that I can go and fix whatever it is that I need to fix. It's, you have to find a way to interpret that data or find a coach that's able to interpret that data. So I'm a big believer in uh, in, in having the experience behind it as well because you have feel, um, you know, you've been in that particular spot. I know that this hitter has struggled with, you know, in in this type of situation. If I can bring those type of experiences to the technology, I think that your instruction is just going to be that much better.
0: Another question I have is you talk about, you know, you get a twelve year old, you see where their metrics are at, and then you know that they have to gain so much per year on average, which is a great idea. But what systems do you have in place in in your organization that helps those kids with their exit velocity or their velocity or their speed or the other metrics that you may be measuring?
1: Yeah, so so another great question. And everything that we do measure has to have something for us to trigger. so we so if if it's a six if it's a exit velocity for an example, like we just finished our eight week um, our eight-week weighted bat program. Okay. Well, since we test for exit velocity, I think it's important for us to have something that that uh, can can essentially affect those numbers or help those numbers. I should say. Um, same thing with you know with our uh, with our strength, with our agility. We put our boys through a speed and agility. We 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 do strength and conditioning two or three times a week. It's it's those are the type of things that are that are important to us. And when we factor in the metrics that we are recording, we have to factor in the training as well to help essentially get those numbers um, to where they need to be. So like I said before, Joel, it is important for us to do the, the uh, you, you got to have both, okay? You got to have both. And I think that whether it's a mechanical issue uh, or a mechanical flaw or the uh, maybe it's a weakness in regards to strength, um, we need to assess both of those. And again, track both of those and see where where the improvement where the improvement lies. And it might it might lie more so on the uh, on the mechanical side, on the instruction side. Maybe this kid just needs more instruction, right? Maybe this kid needs more strength in this area. If, and that's why it's important for technology to to play a part in that. Because if I have that information, I know that hey, this kid's got a pretty good swing. He just needs to get bigger. He just needs to get faster. He just needs to get stronger.
0: So another aspect is, you know, the weight room. How often do you guys use the weight room? Do you use the weight room? And then what does it look like when you guys are in the weight room if you do use it?
1: Yeah, so it all depends on the age. Um... You know, like our 14s, for an example, are a little bit more than developed than our than our 12s are. But even even next year, our 12s are going to start going to the weight room twice a week. Um, they currently go once a week right now. It's more focused on on the speed and agility side of things, trying to create more athletic movements. Um, you know that they'll that they'll experience on the field. Maybe it's base running. Maybe it's making a cut in the hole. Um, and we actually do a little bit of of. I, I will say the the the. I'll be careful when I say this, but the heavy lifting. We don't actually do heavy lifting but we do try and replicate a lot of those movements so maybe it's with the pvc pipe or maybe it's with lighter weight so that way the following year you know we're not going through this you know introductional phase it's it's something that they've done in the past they can jump right into it once their bodies are a little bit more developed now our 14s on up their bodies have are, are beginning to, you know, obviously are beginning to change. That's where we start. You know, we start deadlifting. We start squats. We start the bench press. We start, you know, position-specific workouts that are going to help these boys, those metrics and their actions out on the field. So um, we are a big believer in in, in the strength side of it. Um, like I said, we do it twice a week. We do it for five months out of the year, um, but even then, it's not enough. It's not enough. I wish that we did it twelve months out of the year, but obviously, when you talk about finances and resources and what you can and what you can't charge, um, you know, you obviously uh, y- you want to you want to put an emphasis on it, and hopefully, it's something that they continue on their own following uh, you know following the completion of that program. But uh, but again, it's it's one of the most important things. That we will do within PBA, and that is again, that is the strength side because I don't think a lot of athletes are, are buying into it and realize how much of uh, how much of an impact that has on their uh, on their metrics. It's uh, it's it's ext- to me, the weight room should be as important as going into the cage and working with an instructor or going, you know, whether it's your pitching, your hitting, whatever it is. It's it's another tool that's going to that's going to help you be successful in this game. It it should be as important as everything else that you do, hands down.
0: So another question that I would have is why metrics? You know, as an organization, you and we've talked a lot is you see your job as somebody who is trying to get these kids who want to play college baseball to play college baseball. So why do you focus so much on the metrics and developing those numbers?
1: Because that's what colleges want to see. They, they, they recruit those type of numbers. If that, the example that I always bring up, if I got a kid that is a, uh, a 86 runner, okay, 60 time, maybe he throws 72 miles an hour and he's got a, he's got an exit velocity of, of 71, but he's batting but he's batting 600, okay? But on the other end, maybe you have a kid that that runs a 66 six, that, uh, that throws the ball 90 miles an hour and can hit the ball 95 off a of tee. But he but he's but maybe he's only batting let's just say he's batting 270 um, even though his metri- or I'm sorry his stats aren't where they need to be and again stats are they, they are important I think they do tell you uh, they do tell you some things about an athlete uh, but at the end of the day it's it's that 270 hitter with those metrics is is more projectable to play at that next level. I don't know if a 72 mile an hour exit velocity off the bat is going to play very well against elite pitching against elite defenders. Same thing with speed. Um, You know, same thing with the arm. I don't know if, 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 if I forgot the number that I said, Joel, but a 75 mile an hour fastball is going to compete at the, uh, at the collegiate level. Anything that we do at a higher intent, whether it's hitting ball 105 miles an hour through the infield, Um, or throwing a ball 100 miles an hour to the plate, obviously the reaction time, the harder it is, the the less likely, whether you're on offense or defense, the less likely you have to, to either hit that ball or field that ball if it's thrown in the exact same spot. That's why we train for metrics. Colleges want to see it. Every time we have conversations with the coaches, They're going to, obviously they're going to talk about the kid. Hey, how is he? What's his grades look like? Okay. Well, what's his 60 time? What's his exit velocity? I had a conversation with the coach, uh, two weeks ago. Right. And one of the things that were brought up, which is why he decided not to take them was his metrics weren't where they needed to be. And it was in a showcase format. So we get back to the drawing board and we, and we start working, we figure out where we need to improve.
0: So what's some of the technology that you're using to measure the metrics? You know, is there any new technology that you're using? Is there anything you're coming up with on your own? Um, metric wise and what's some of that specific, you know, blast motion Repsodos, you know, diamond kinetics. What's some of that yeah. stuff that you're using?
1: So so we started off with the pocket radar. And and again, uh between the lines actually is 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 incorporating this type of technology into their instruct instruction as well. And and between the lines, Joel, as you know, we uh we have some of the best instructors in the country for the guys that are playing at the highest level they're, they're receiving the top coaching at the at, at the highest level you know major league coaches guys that have had that experience and then when i think you factor in something like a like a blast motion for an example again it's just it's it reinforces what it is that we're saying or what it is that we're teaching so we use blast motion right we just incorporate it with between the lines so every lesson that a kid you know signs up for he has we send him a blast motion because again we want to hold our instructors accountable for getting that kid better it doesn't matter that you again for for professional baseball players, um, for us, you know again we just wanna we always we want to put ourselves out there. We want parents to know that they can come to this organization or our platform, and they can trust that their athlete is getting the right information for them to get better. Otherwise, it's just it's it's fluff, in my opinion. That's where I think it's it's if you can prove something. Why not? Why not prove it? If especially if you have that much confidence in yourself that you know that you're right. But blast motion, diamond kinetics. Um, if I had something from a catching standpoint, uh, obviously pop times and velocities. Um, but if I had another tool that would measure the mechanics of maybe of an arm angle or a certain position that a catcher needs to be in when when receiving, I would I would do it. The reason being is because it's going to help us not only sell our players, but it's going to help those kids get better. So. Um, I'm sorry, Joel, I'm kind of doing the, 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 the ring around here, but blast motion. We use it pocket radar, uh, diamond kinetics. We haven't got into Soto yet. We have used hit tracks a little bit in the past, but like I said, technology is we're going to use it to our advantage and, and the more that I know about it, I have to understand it. If I obviously, and I, I recommend this for any organization, if they don't understand the technology, there's, it could probably do more damage. It could probably be more negative than positive because again, you're not relaying the data the correct way, as it as it should be, you know, relayed to your athletes.
0: Matt, thanks so much for coming on and talking about developing players through metrics. Hey, thank you, Joel. I appreciate your time.